Welcome to the third episode of Techie Diatribe with Snacks. A humble little program, a podcast about technology, life, and other mischief. I'm your host, Christopher, and joining me shortly is a co-worker of mine. You met him in our first episode, Mr. Gustavo. Here, we, along with the sharp minds of our guests, provide fresh commentary on the latest news so you have some perspective before you shell out money on stuff. And if you have a tech question or ideas for a segment, go to techiediatribe.com and send us a message. Today is part one of our discussion on autonomous vehicles, and in a follow-up episode, we're going to talk about mid-19th century and early 20th century transportation, Thai cuisine, and some other stuff. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. Are you there, Gus? Are you ready? Welcome. Do you have your tech, Gus? Of course I'm ready. Do you have your I snacks? What tech and what snacks do you have with with you? Some Doritos over here. Yes, some Doritos. Um, there's a great yeah. little snack shop on the first floor of 12 Oaks Mall, and they sell gourmet popcorn, pretzels, and they've got roasted nuts. And I am eating Pop Daddy Pretzels brand cinnamon sugar pretzel sticks and these are amazing they were expensive but um they are amazing they're right here and they will be gone by three o'clock i promise you that <laughs> yeah i know how's your how's yeah. your day so far uh it's pretty good you know over here hanging out with the good friends yeah your yeah. daughter i have to tell the listeners your daughter cracked me up yesterday um uh guys um gus and i yeah. We're discussing this podcast yesterday via FaceTime, and right in the middle of our discussion, his daughter crawls up in his lap, snatches the phone, and starts talking to me because she always has to say hi to whoever daddy is talking. It doesn't matter if daddy's working or whatever. And she told me all about her day in Spanish, and it was so cute. And then she gave me a tour of the entire house. She showed me the cats, and then she went upstairs, and I had to say hi to mom, and then I had to say hi to her her older sister, and they were both playing in the princess princess castle. It was so adorable. So she finally gave the phone back to Gus, and we're finishing up our conversation. She crawled in Gus's lap again and uh, told us to hurry up because she wanted to call grandma, and that just melted my heart. That was so precious. Yeah, she's... Almost four years old, and she's a cutie pie. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So, Gus, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about uh, self-driving vehicles. Yes. We, we're finally going to do a, a bunch of people wanted us to do a show on uh, driverless cars, autonomous vehicles, and I was reluctant to do that. And you said that it is time that we cover this issue. Yeah, but you take a little bit of a long time. I don't know why you were so reluctant about well, that. Well, um, I, I was <laughs> I was busy, in air quotes. Um, there was a, an interview I had at our company, and I wanted to be prepared for that. They let me interview for the DevOps position, and I was uh, I was so excited to be uh, to be considered for that. So I took some training because I didn't want to go in uh, not knowing anything, and also I'm I'm redoing the app for Mochileros. Finally, 
and I worked a half day Thursday and I spent a good part of time at the cigar shop. Uh, I made all the screens again. Yeah. And I'm so happy. I still, uh, the screens do not have any content, but I made the screens. I I will finish it. Yeah. You made the screens, but, but at least you have some progress and that's what it counts. It's, it's very discouraging to be doing that all over again. With technology, that's the way that you learn doing it all over again, like more than once. Well, I'll I'll say this, I'll say this, you're right. Um, when, when I was making the screens, I know where the little buttons are and like where to go in the file to add, uh, the, the variables and, and all that. So it's going a lot faster. I will finish it. If it happens this year, I'll tell everybody where to go to download that app. And I will be, I'll be so happy and proud of myself when that happens. We want to move on, and uh, we want to talk about our, our topic today, and that is uh, driverless vehicles. And our guest expert, drumroll, is uh, your good friend here, Chris, and Gustavo. I don't know why you keep inviting me back. I'm such a goofball. Um, so this is a safe place. Don't do that. <laughs> this is a safe place. So, um, well, that brings us to our uh, our recent event segment, and that is the uh, article I shared with you last week about GM's hands-free vehicle. The writer for the Free Press took the hands-free 2021 Escalade on a 500-mile trip. He, he, he went from here in Detroit to the Chicago area and back. It was over 500 miles, and he only touched the steering wheel three times on the trip there. And on the way back, he touched the steering wheel a grand total of four times. And the article explains that to date, this is as close as we've ever come to a fully autonomous vehicle. And I, honestly, I was I, I was really shocked at how well this vehicle operates. I'm kind of a skeptic. It's not it's not like they're gonna release it tomorrow, but but we know that they're working very hard to make the cars to be more secure to driving for for the test and everything that they're doing is to make it more secure for everybody. When they're driving in, the car is uh, can detect when you're switching a line and, and you don't see another car and then it will just send you kind of like a, 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 a heads or a, or a message that there's something over there that you that the, and that's why no but it will be more like um like an uh driver assistant that more more than we first gotta go in that way because people have to get over or get used to it to to a car that will be more than driving by itself. Well, there's a there's a couple reasons why I am a skeptic. Number one, I'm argumentative, and that's a personality flaw. Um, I like to <laughs> I like to I like to uh, burst people's bubble, I guess. So if somebody shares something with me about driverless cars or anything um i like to pretend i know more than them so that's one that's 
one reason why I, I pretend to be a skeptic. Uh, uh, another reason why is we work in IT and we see all of the problems with technology. So we're trained to be skeptical. Um, but that's uh, that's a topic for another day. The the third thing that kind of annoys me about the discussion, not about the technology, but about the discussion, is if you talk to somebody, uh, they are either a skeptical like myself or they talk about driverless cars like you see in the movies. They're like, well, next year we're going to have driverless cars. We're just going to hop in and, and they're going to go and it'll be like magic. Just the, they're going to produce this, this amazing technology like magic and magically cars will uh, get us from point A to part B and we, we won't have any, we won't have any uh, need for drivers anymore. And uh, I don't think that that in the near term, I don't think that that's a realistic goal. And like you say, there's going to be a progression before we get to that that sci-fi look of driverless cars and i think you would agree i think you would agree that the technology in the the most up-to-date models like this escalate and some of the other vehicles is amazing i rented a car on my way to nashville a couple years back do you remember when i went to nashville yes i remember that i rented uh the same car that you have it was a camry but it had the lane assist oh and then it had it had cruise control where it kept a distance from the vehicle in front of me. I just set the uh, the cruise and I was going up and down the 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 little the little mountains and hills and stuff like that, and it was uh, very enjoyable. And the car uh, almost drove itself, and yep. I, I really enjoyed that experience. And uh, well, it's not like the driving itself; it's just that it make it pleasant to driver to drive because. We humans make mistakes in the cars, and I think that's the way to go right now. We are not uh, perfect to drive, and we cannot see a car or something on the blind spot. Or, and besides, with that, all the and the cars that of these days they have more um, cameras and sensors that will be able to detect more vehicles and avoid. It was it was at night and I was pulling into the metro area and there was mm-hmm. a really good Steve Winwood song on the radio and I'm not paying attention and I got a little bit too close to the shoulder and the car uh the steering wheel uh tightened up a little bit and it kept me on the road and uh mm-hmm. if every vehicle had that there'd be less accidents you know hands hands down so uh, uh I don't uh I don't I don't mean to I don't mean to say at all that uh, cars won't continue to move in this direction. Um, the 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 mm-hmm. most up to date vehicles are amazing, and as this stuff becomes more widespread, uh, cars will be a lot more mm-hmm. safe, and trips will be a lot more enjoyable because you won't you won't have to focus so much on defensive driving and and what have you but this uh this super cruise vehicle uh enhanced 2021 it has the ability to file highway to follow highway interchanges and executes hands-free lane changing is hands-free driving mm-hmm. uh it has a safety system for eyeball tracking to make sure the driver isn't napping texting slumped over uh in the back seat folding laundry what have you um, it has uh, ability to navigate interchanges between highways. 
uh, up, more mm -hmm. up-to-date maps, uh, more miles of road are in the navigation system, more natural brake and accelerating feel. One of the complaints people have of the Teslas and some of the other vehicles is they kind of take off and accelerate and they brake real hard. Um, this one has uh, more comfortable braking and acceleration. It's easier to activate and uh, longer range rear radar. It recognizes cones mm -hmm. and notifies drivers of construction. So one of my questions for you, Gus, as you are one of the mm -hmm. experts this week, uh, what is a driver-assisted vehicle? Well, uh, a driver-assisted vehicle is, um, is not like you're going to like drive uh, the vehicle uh, by itself. It's just that it has some warnings when you are driving and it gives you some kind of uh, cruise control, but with a little bit of cruise, uh, like a cruise control in a stereo, it's more like uh, detecting the vehicles that are in front of you with the LiDAR scanners and detecting the people and detecting um, everything. And like, like the Tesla's car are self-driving cars, but only comes with a package if you buy that package then you can do the beta testing for the driving driver's list but if you don't buy that package it also has the driver assist and that's to maintain a distance with, between the car and the front and and when you're changing a lane it's going to detect if there's a car and it's a possible way that you can do it you mentioned the tesla the Tesla model and uh, one thing that the Tesla model, some of the other uh, high-end driver-assisted vehicles, uh, the can... Model Three, well, all all the Teslas, all the Teslas, all the the Model Three, Model X, S, they have that, and and the Model Y, that's the most recent one, they have that kind of driver assistance, and they include all right out of the box, and and it's because Teslas. And and they also have another kind of like a cameras, so they can detect or if you're parked, you can detect if there's somebody near your car or something like that. So there's three there's three pieces of technology that the Escalade, the Tesla models, and the high end uh, driver assisted cars have in common. Uh, the first is lidar. The second is uh, AI, yeah. more specifically machine learning. Gus, you'll talk about that in a second. And the third, uh, <laughs> the third item is magic. We, we've we've already discussed yeah. how just magically, magically car companies are going to produce. Um, I'm I'm being silly. Not to spend too much time on on lidar, but what what lidar basically is, it's a method for measuring distances. And how it works is a laser light shines out. And then there's a uh, there's a sensor that measures the time it takes for all the different uh, light rays to, to come back, and it measures it measures that, and it's able to build a really detailed map. And that helps in two ways: you can create a, a model for uh, navigation that the vehicle can follow, and secondly, uh, while you're while you're driving on a road uh, using that that detailed map the 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 onboard machine learning is able to figure out where you're at in the road what lane you're in 
um, how close uh, mm-hmm. you are to your next turn, so on and so forth. That's LiDAR, and that that's what makes that's what uh, helps make the whole thing work. And the second thing is machine learning. So, Gus, tell us about machine learning and explain the differences between, you know, the Watson uh, AI that we see in some of the IBM commercials, and then what what uh, machine learning uh, is in devices like like a self-driving vehicle. So machine learning is more like uh, an automation or or automates the analytical model building and it uses methods for or to connect it through uh, a um, uh, network to to do the physics and all the insights of the data and and inside the parameters. Um, so it's not like it's gonna try to kill us right away. It's just or Terminator is coming to us. It's so just like, not like Terminator. Not like Terminator. Room. My car isn't gonna turn into a, a you know I'm I'm so and so from the future. A transformer. I'm, I'm here to assassinate you. <laughs> yeah. No. And assassinate you and, and the judgment day and all that stuff. No, it's not like you're going to do that. It's just that the machine learning is giving some parameters as a basic stuff. And based on those, it's going to learn, it's going to learn what he can do and what he's doing. And, and I don't know, it's like the car is going through a roundabout and then uh, you're sending that data back to Tesla. And 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 they are going to include all that information for all the beta, and then all the cars are going to have that, and they're going to have like more experiences, and and as users use it, and then send that data back to to uh, the Tesla, for example. What they do is they they're going to increase the learning, and 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 going to be uh, consequencing on the experiences that they could have. So you and, go through that and, tricky, yeah. you go through that really tricky roundabout on Maple Road, you know, near M5. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, my car that. hasn't been through that before, but because your car went through the tricky roundabout, sent that information to Tesla, when I download the next update, my car will more easily navigate yeah. that that tricky roundabout. So that's really cool. But. But it's not like you're sending all the information. You're just only sending the bad information. So we said like, if your car doesn't know what to do when you're doing that, then that's when you send uh, a warning. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna analyze that information to program the car to do, to execute like a human will do in that situation. One of the early tests that I read about of the Tesla model, a driver mm-hmm. took the same route uh, to and from work, and he was using the driver-assisted technology where he didn't have to have his uh, hands on the wheel. Yeah. And it worked fine. Well, and actually... then they, they, they installed a mailbox, and uh, he got to the spot where the mailbox was and the car stopped because it didn't know what to do uh he was doing he was part of the test team so he contacted the the team and it took about a week at that this is an old article but at that time it took about a week for him to to look at that they they found the data that he sent up and they looked at it and scratched their heads and stuff like that after about a week they were able to uh uh, compensate for the mailbox 
uh, that was installed, and he was able to continue the commute without stopping at that particular spot. But this has uh, it's really evolved since then, and uh, in real time, they're taking those data points, uh, they're providing updates for for everybody else, and it's really cool. Yeah, they're going. I think they are in the beta testing number ten. And and they keep going and they keep sending more. It was like two months ago they were in the beta nine and now they are in the beta ten. And um, I think it's a really good way to to increase the information that you have of particular roads. The um, so here in the U.S. I gotta say. Uh, they have all the traffic lights and all the paintings and all the lanes and everything in it. But there are some countries that they don't have that and it's going to be a really bad problem for them if they put the, drive a car over there because they're not going to know what to do. One of the things on the that, makes me, that makes me the skeptical, uh, the, the skeptic, more confident in mm -hmm. this technology, Tesla and the Escalade, is they they require an attentive driver. Um, the Escalade yes. has that uh, the the eye tracking to make sure that you are you're not in the back seat folding laundry. I can see, at least in the near term, legislation requiring that technology to be in the vehicles, and that'll that'll do two things. Uh, it'll make the vehicles safer, and secondly. Uh, it'll make the general public, people like myself, more accepting of the technology. They're like, uh, well, um, I'm still not sure about the technology, but there has to be an attentive driver in there. Even if they don't have the wheel, their hands on the wheel and they're not actually turning the wheel, like I'm more comfortable if I know that there has to be an attentive driver. And uh, car companies... Yeah, the, you still... And it has to detect if you have your hands on the, on the wheel because... Otherwise, the car will send you a message. And also, if you are paying attention to the road, that's another thing that that uh, companies they have to do. Because um, um, I I don't want to say, but there's people or, or right now. I think I, I think it was in California. One of the Teslas. There was a drunk driver that put his car and put it in there, and he was on the freeway. And then he was going like really over the limit and of the maximum speed and 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 one of the cops detected that the guy wasn't conscious or i think he was sleeping or something like that while, he, while the car was driving and to stop the car the patrol have to go uh, slowing down Get in, the, like, get in his path so that the vehicle would stop on its own. Get in the path and start and, and slowing down until the car stops because the car detected the patrol on in front of them. So that's that's one of the things. I mean, it, it wasn't. It could have been. It could have been worse. Well, there and, have been there have been deaths. Um, there are there are a few yes. there are a few examples where people were testing the cars and there was supposed to be a tentative driver driver wasn't paying attention someone walked out in the dark and they got hit and uh these yeah. car companies are not going to take on additional liability um no, for themselves so if you own that vehicle and you're in it driving uh and you're not paying attention you are still liable for for the accident that also that's going to make uh increase the 
the the insurance policies because you will have to pay more in just in case that something happened if you are not paying attention when the car is self-driving. I could see I could see where as this technology becomes more commonplace, um, traffic fatalities are down for a number of reasons, and one reason is why our, our cars are safer. Um, uh, we've got anti-lock brakes, you've got airbags, and all these things. So so fatalities are down, injuries are down, and I could see as this uh, technology becomes more pervasive, that cars will be even yeah. safer still, and it will cost less to insure our vehicles. Uh, I think uh, the Model 3 and the Model uh, Y are one of the most safest cars that are in the market. They have multiple um, uh, airbags and also they have uh, um, very secure and they, and they're built it really good to secure the passengers. But also, if the car is self-driving, we have to be aware of the other people outside the car. Um, I think we could we could also agree that the sensors are delicate, and if you if, yeah. if somehow you disable the the sense the uh, the the safety feature of you know eyeball tracking and stuff like that, and you just got in the the. You got in the back and we're folding laundry. I keep going back to that example. Um, if you're on a road and it starts raining and you're driving in a vehicle that uses LIDAR and machine learning, you drive through a heavy mm -hmm. puddle and mud splashes up on that LIDAR sensor, that driver-assisted technology stops working. So uh, uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not flawless. So we we there are still uh, there's still a need for for advancements and and making it more robust and less um, less fragile. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this discussion about autonomous vehicles. In a follow-up episode, which will be available shortly, we're going to talk about mid-19th century and early 20th century transportation, Thai cuisine, and some other stuff. If you have a tech question or have ideas for a segment, go to techiediatribe.com, click the connect button, and send us a message. Hope to see you again next time.